Well, today marks one week since unrestricted free agency opened, and now that the dust has settled a little bit, it's time to take a step back and look at the Preds' competition for next year. Who are the teams that got much better this offseason? And likewise, who are some of the teams that got a little bit worse? Still have some work to do this summer or, you know, just going into next season with lower expectations. We will put each team under the microscope today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Well, first off, Ann, I think you and I might be trendsetters. Uh, we started a thing. <laughs> we did start a thing. Uh, in our yesterday's episode we made some custom trades for the nashville predators uh to bring in some big name players we put together a few trade proposals one of them just off the cusp happened to be matthew kachuk because we're like well he's a restricted free agent you know there's there's talk the flames might not be able to be able to afford him long term uh episode gets up and then a few hours later uh Based on the chatter, it seems like he's going to get traded, like yeah. for realsies. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he watched and he was like, thing. "Wait a minute! Like, I could get all this." I think yeah. we influenced him. I think yeah. we did. Yeah, I do. Like that's and like, then, oh, we definitely got to trade. You know these these two people in Nashville say so. So I mean, I. I I can't blame him. I thought it was very interesting to seeing all of the trade proposals pop up on hockey Twitter. It was very interesting to see what people were willing to give for Matthew Kachuk. Like I thought giving a kidney was super generous, but that's not even the most generous package people put together. Yeah. I mean, we saw, I think we saw one where it was like um, uh, Dante Fabro, Tanner Janot, um, there's somebody else. Ellie like, Tolvanen. I think it was Ellie Tolvanen, Phil Tomasino. Connor, Connor Ingram, Connor Ingram. first. Yeah. It was like, so it was like four players who were on the actual team last year in a first round pick for, for Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. I don't think the price is going to be that high. I mean, if you have to give up half your roster, it might be time to reevaluate. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's if, if he goes somewhere, it's going to be a fascinating trade package to see what yeah. Calgary is willing to take. Um, but yeah, like let's simmer down on half the roster, folks. Simmer down. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think there there could be a bidding war out there. Yes. So so we'll have to see maybe if the Preds stick their nose in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought. Remember at the trade deadline last year, we thought we were kind of pitching a Forsberg for. Uh, you know, Kachuk trade before all the contract situations were yeah. kind of pieced together. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen now. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the Flames also have the ability, if this happens, to weaponize some cap space. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's going it, to be interesting. It's, it's interesting. I, you know, I when we when we were doing the episode yesterday, I was like, eh, it's just kind of on a lark. Let's, you know, let's see what we could get. And then, yeah, the – 
it's gaining momentum. The snowball is rolling down the hill. So let's let's just see. God bless Calgary. They're having a time. Yeah, they're they, having a they, time. They're having a rough off season. Uh, yeah, we may talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Um, so yeah, so today what we thought we would do today marks one week since unrestricted free agency opened across the NHL. We thought we would kind of take a step back and look at the teams around the NHL who have been some of the winners and some of the losers so far this offseason. Uh, and of course, we're talking trades, we're talking unrestricted free agency signings, um, you know, the whole shebang. Who are some teams that clearly got better? And likewise, we're going to be looking at some teams who clearly got worse. Maybe some teams uh, that have a little bit of work and maybe need a Matthew Kachat to, you know, yes. make them halfway decent next year. <laughs> to move them up in our categories. Yes, I'm sure yeah. that's why teams are doing it. Um, all right, Anne. So let's start mm -hmm. off. With a team we thought got much, much better this offseason. Okay. I'm going to go for the absolute obvious one. Just, I mean, the token answer. And that is, of course, Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, they got their monster contract. They landed the big fish, Eric Goodbranson. So, yes. obviously... <laughs> Eric Goodbranson is going to lead that team to the promised land. He, I, I will say I'm very proud of him. He snagged himself a fat contract and he is a lovely, lovely person. But of course they won the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes and Johnny Gaudreau is one of those players where when he gets on your team, even before you start building a lot around him, your team is automatically going to get better. And fortunately for the Columbus Blue Jackets, kind of that's about the only direction they can trend. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think Columbus got much better. I, I will say I love this get for Columbus because it's that going after Johnny Gaudreau kind of out of the blue, that is a bold move. That's like a we're going to do something here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Also, I love the NHL chaos it creates. So I feel like Columbus made a move I, now do i think columbus is going to be in the stanley cup finals no you know not not yet but i think they clearly have gotten much better johnny gaudreau is one of those players where the minute you add him to your roster it's going to get better and you know we'll see kind of what they piece together around him and I, they're going to be so fun to watch columbus is going to be really fun to watch and just the momentum that that name brings to the team so i i'm i'm taking the obvious answer and going with columbus yeah um i <laughs> i can't remember who it was but i was reading uh like somebody's review and they had columbus as one of the losers of the offseason just because they gave eric branson a four-year deal <laughs> it's it like the, the, the thing it was like how can you sign johnny gaudreau and still be a loser this offseason i about, mean yeah I, yeah it was it was an overpay for sure um yeah but yeah, I mean, and now Columbus is kind of in an interesting spot because you have Gaudreau locked up for seven years. And, um, you know, like there's there's not like a bad collection of pieces in Columbus. Right. Uh, Kent, Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger, um, you know, look like bona fide 
top end forwards. Uh, you have a pretty good number one defenseman, Zach Horensky, who just needs kind of a partner to play with. Um, a pretty decent goaltender, Jonas Corposalo, as well. Yeah. Somebody that's like kind of capable of maybe rising up and having a good postseason. Um, so, I mean, there's kind of like a hodgepodge of pieces there. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like when the Wild signed Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Obviously, like very different situations, but just kind of like, you know, a high end talent joining kind of a random collection of pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what Columbus does with this, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, hey, maybe, you know, we talked about it. they seemed hell bent on trading Patrick Line. Maybe this is more motivation for both sides to sit down and try to get something going. Or if they do decide Line, that's somebody you can trade for some assets that can help you at least maybe flirt with the playoffs right now. Right. Yeah. There's so much potential that opens up for Columbus the minute that they signed Johnny Gaudreau. And and I'm kind of with you, like the Patrick Line thing is fascinating to me because I really can't imagine he doesn't want to play there when you've got Johnny Gaudreau there. But again, you know, it's a business and you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I just feel like they automatically got better. And, and not that that's a ton of pressure that Johnny Gaudreau has to carry the team and it's going to be a monster year. I just think, like you said, they've got enough other pieces here and there that they're going to be able to kind of just paste together something that's going to make them a better team automatically. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Um, another yeah. team that I thought got insanely better last year, this year, and mm-hmm. uh, another kind of obvious one is the Ottawa Senators. Oh my gosh! Are, seriously, why, are the Ottawa Senators suddenly spending money? Like, where did this come from? Yes, like they they have just been going all out this off season, bringing in some pretty good talent. Uh, well, first off, the the move of the entire offseason, maybe one of the most underrated moves, uh, was Pierre Dorian trying or like succeeding in getting Matt Murray's contract off the books mm-hmm. uh, for basically absolutely nothing. Um, you know, that he was sent to, to Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, you thought maybe at least like if there was going to be a Matt Murray trade, it would be like, OK, well. You know, it's going to start with the Senators needing to retain some salary. Right. Uh, and so that was an absolute fleece. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we know the Alex, we know the Alex Debrinkit trade uh, for also not a whole lot. You know, a first oh round gosh, pick, and, yeah. uh, you know, another third round pick. That wasn't a bad, you know, that was a pretty easy trade to make. You lock Josh Norris who is one of your big free agents off uh, for, for an eight year contract. And then you go out and you get a pretty underrated goalie in cam Talbot. Yes. And on yeah. your team in a trade with the Minnesota wild. So all of a sudden the Ottawa senators who already had the makings of a pretty mm-hmm. interesting young core uh, are all of a sudden have these new toys to play with. And again, I don't, the East is tough right now. The East is very much, especially, um, you know, the, the division the Senators are in. Yeah. It's tough, but the Senators have enough that they can conceivably maybe kind of peek their heads in at the postseason. Like yes. maybe get to that line where they're at least fighting for a playoff spot come the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Ottawa, they have just been sort of slowly, they're like the slow, quiet sneak 
you know, they, but the moves that they've made this off season, like you said, I really, I can't wait to see what they do. Of course, you know, I wish only good things for Austin Watson, who's up there, but um, yeah, I think they're going to be a really interesting team. And did you expect to say the sentence, the Ottawa senators are going to be a really interesting team to watch. Did you anticipate that at the end of the regular season? I don't think so. Can't, so can't imagine that was on anybody's radar, but we've no. also never seen the Ottawa senators spend money before. So, yeah. So this is the, I agree with you. I think Ottawa, they're going to be, they're going to be a, a team that's instantly better. Now what they do with that, you know, we'll see. But yeah, they they got better. They definitely got better. They went they went a little crazy. They did go a little crazy, but I love it. I'm here for the chaos. Yeah. Uh, let's go to some teams we think got worse. Uh, these are teams who are going to need uh, some uh, some some finagling from now until the end of the summer, or some teams who you know maybe are just content with um, going with a little bit of a different look next off season before we get to that though want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs you can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games you can find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports even golf BetOnline also continues to be your top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. Everything from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Anne, who's a team you think got a little bit worse this offseason? Okay, so we're looking for a little bit worse. I went for wow, worse. Um, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, and let's say yeah, last we, we season. Saw that yeah, I mean, last season it was, you know, you could see you could see where the train was headed. But they just have been like, look, we're not even pretending anymore. Like, we're not even gonna pretend anymore. So we just talked about Alex Debrinket went to the Senators for a little. Kirby Doc is gone. Like, here's the thing: Chicago, they're in a, a full-on tear-down rebuild. And for all of the Nashville Predators fans that scream and cry for, we want a full rebuild, tear it down and rebuild it. Okay, just watch. Just yeah. Just sit back and watch and and tell me. I mean, they're at the they're at the point you know they talk about when you go into the military the military tears you down and boot camp to build you back up they're at the we're standing in the bus and the guy's yelling in your face moment like there it's a full tear down like yeah bless I mean bless so you know and and let's say I mean it's not like they were great to begin with but they actually got worse and here's here's the thing that that Blackhawks fans can take comfort in if you're in it for the long haul they're doing what it's going to get better like this is not just a like eventually at some point it's it's the long game. You got to be in it at this point for the long game if you're a Blackhawks fan because it's going to take it's going to take some time. But at least you know they're in theory being intentional about what they're doing. But yeah, yeah. like oh my gosh. 
Well, it's one of those things where, and I know we've talked about this before, but it's like one of those things where when you cross the bridge, like it's a point of no return. Right. Like you may not know, like, yeah, maybe the Chicago Blackhawks become like the Tampa Bay Lightning hit on all these draft picks early. And then all of a sudden, you know, in in five years, they're lifting the Stanley Cup again uh, with Connor Bedard as like their captain. Or you tear it down, you miss on all of these draft picks. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a rebuild that's lasting, you know, 15, 20 years. I mean, look, we we saw Tampa Bay do it. But beyond that, you know, there's a lot of trial and error Mm -hmm. before that. And luck, straight up luck. Yeah. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche have been rebuilding since the, you know, the, the first lockout. Mm-hmm. You know, back when they had to kind of reshuffle all the, the talent they brought up at that point. Um, and there was a lot of misses early on. I mean, they stopped and restarted that rebuild a couple of different times. Right. Um, you look at a team like Toronto Maple Leafs, who, yeah, like we they think they're close to maybe close to a cup now, but they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Yeah. Um, you know, same with the Edmonton Oilers. Like they have two... Uh, like once in a generational talent, everybody mm-hmm. talks about that, like being, you know, the, the benefits of the Oilers rebuild. They had three number one overall picks in a row and whiffed on pretty much all of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, Taylor Hall was MVP, but he didn't win it for them. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so that's, so that's the thing. It's like, are you going to get lucky and hit on all of these early draft picks? Are they going to become bona fide superstars for them? Or is this a process where you're going to have to get going, start, realize you don't have what it takes, and then rebuild again, like tear some stuff down and rebuild back up. And all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, you know, 15, 20 years before you're even close to being good again. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody thinks rebuild, just tear down, sell off things, and then just start gathering young players. And in three to four years, you're going to have this competitive you know, playoff deep cup run team. And it's like, okay, there are so many factors that go into a successful rebuild and, and time. It's just, it's going to take time. And that's where Chicago is. I mean, they're, they're, they're hitting the ground and then they're just going to have start crawling their way out. So they're my team. That's worse. What is your team that is worse? And I have been trying to figure out really for two years now, what in God's name are the Vegas Golden Knights doing? Oh my doing? gosh. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Like, what is the strategy here? So, to recap, um, they got Max Pacioretty from Montreal for a first round pick. Uh, Thomas Tatar, who is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of whatever now, but, you know, helped Montreal get to a cup last year. Um, and Nick Suzuki, like yeah. one of the best young players on that Montreal roster, they that's who they got for Max Pacioretty. They traded Max Pacioretty this week for nothing. For, for basically like a pack a sal- of crackers. For a salary dump because they needed mm-hmm. his cap room. Remember, they did that same thing with Marc-Andre Fleury last yes. year. Yes. The Vegas, and what, what did Vegas do with that extra cap space? 
Uh, they re-signed Riley Smith, an unrestricted free agent, for three years at a $5 million cap hit. Somebody who only had 38 points last year, 16 goals. Is that the best use of cap for Vegas? Uh, that's And that's the thing. It's There's a lot of questionable decisions for Vegas, and it got to the point last year where it screwed them. Because yeah. as soon as there were a couple injuries, they didn't have the depth to overcome that. And they didn't have the cap space to go out and make a move. And this is just bad cap management by Vegas. You know, you lose one of your best players in Max Pacioretty, who, yeah, is injury prone and a little bit older. But bang for your buck, like point per game last year, uh, was one of the best in the league, if you break down his stats. And... Yeah, I mean, it's and you lose him, you lose Marc Andre Fleury last year. Yep. And, you know, what you're using once you're getting all this cap relief and you're trading him for nothing, like you're trading a pretty good player in Pacioretty for nothing back because you need the cap space more than you get players. Like, what are you left with? Yeah. Like, Jack Eichel's in the same situation now than he was in Buffalo. He was in Buffalo. Yes. Yeah, you have like all these hop end pieces and no depth behind him whatsoever. Yeah. And that's kind of been the story of Vegas for the past couple of years is they don't have they've swung for the fences. You know, a lot of those swings have missed and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're stuck up to the cap with not a lot of depth. I mean, you know, Vegas, anything happens to Jack Eichel, this is like one of the three worst teams in the league. Yeah. And, you know, part of it, I feel for Vegas. I don't feel for Vegas. Part of what makes it, because this is a this is a mess of their own doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but they came out of the gate as an expansion team so strong. And, you know, wow, look at how amazing they are. Made it to the cup, blah, blah, blah. Um, And now you look and it's like, oh, my gosh, all of that reputation and all of that, like, awe and all of that, like, "Mm," you know, when you talk about Vegas, it's just like they've squandered that. Like, they've squandered what they were able to do in the beginning. And now it, it really is this, you look at what Vegas is doing and you, you look at their cap space and you look at their moves and you're like, what is happening? Like they're, they've become a, what is happening team? So yeah, I agree with you. Like it's, it's a little, you know, you look at when you compare the success they started with, with where they are now, you're like, what's going on in the desert? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. Uh, and that's a situation I don't think is going to get any worse <laughs> yeah. in a little bit. Um, yeah. And let's let's rapid fire real quick. Uh, let's do one more team we think got worse. And then let's end on a positive with one more team we think got better. So who's one more team you think got worse this offseason? I'm going for another obvious one. I'm going okay. for another obvious one. Um, and I think Calgary, you know, and, you yeah. know, it's obvious, you know, you lost Johnny Gaudreau, which here's my thing. Like, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. But now with the whole, I mean, yesterday, what we started with Matthew Kachuk, um, 
you know, they still have some talent there. And I feel like if the, it had just been Johnny Gaudreau, if it's just Johnny Gaudreau, like they still have some talent. They've got Mangiapane, they've got Lindholm, they've got Rasmus Anderson, like, you know, they have Jacob Markstrom still in net. So they still have things going on. And so my thing with Calgary is not even so much roster, although Matthew Kachuk going is makes it a roster thing, but it's the vibe. Like they're now combating this no one wants to play in Calgary thing or this. It's almost like they're going to have this internal existential thing because Johnny Gaudreau walked away from an extra like what, 15 or something million dollars to stay in Calgary. And if and if that doesn't make your organization and players look in the mirror and feel a little bit like self-conscious and awkward, I'm not sure what will. So for me, Calgary, it's not even... It's not even just roster. It's like, are they going to have an existential crisis? Like, I, I worry about, I really worry about, like, Calgary and what is the vibe going to be there? So I think Calgary, a little worse, a little worse. How about you? What's another team you think got worse? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a sneaky one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go the Minnesota Wild. Really? Now, this is a team... Um, who I think is probably not going to be as good next year as they were this year. Uh, they brought Mark, Mark Andre Fleury back, which is fine. But you lose a really good number two goalie in Cam Talbot. Yeah. Um, we, we know part of that is just because they're up against the cap. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously losing Kevin Fiala hurts because that's a lot of your depth scoring behind Kaprizov. Uh, there's still you know some uncertainty. Uh, on defense, there's possibilities that maybe um, Dumba is traded or Jared Spurgeon, you know, somebody to get off the books a little bit. Although maybe that's different now that Fiala's gone. Um, but they are going to be feeling the effects of the uh, Suter and Parise buyouts for the next couple of years. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a team that's kind of cash strapped. Um, and it sucks because it was kind of cool to see them make a little bit of a run last year. Yes. And, you know, their central division. So maybe it wasn't as fun for you, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that is going to have to kind of rebuild on the fly because you have some pretty good players, including Carl Kaprizov, who's maybe one of the best uh, uh, young forwards in the, uh, the NHL, but you know, you also have to figure out how you navigate this this thing where you have maybe about five six million dollars less in cap space per year because of these guys yeah uh and it is a little bit like uh, their central division so i'm okay with them struggling a little bit in one sense on the other sense you know that was a really minnesota has had a really fun team to watch like they've really had something going on there and so yeah i'm with you it's like Mm. All right. So, but we have to end like we're optimists. We're going to end yeah. on a positive note. What is your team that got better? I have to represent, Anne. I have to represent. I know where you're down. going. I didn't even uh, write it down because I knew you were going to do it. I like what the Detroit Red Wings have yes. done this yes. offseason. Um, were some of those contracts overpays? Sure. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The Red Wings have the cap space and the cap flexibility. To be able to do that, uh, I thought maybe the most underratedly good signing, both in terms of like player value and contract value, was David Perron. 
Yes. Oh, like, gosh. get him for two years on a deal that's like less than $5 million a year. That was the deal that us Preds fans looked at, too, and thought, you know what? That is yes. something that the Preds absolutely could have done. Yep. Um, and, you know, so all of a sudden, the Red Wings, who's, you know, had a lot of issues last year, one of them was depth scoring, all of a sudden have a really, really good depth score in David Perron. Um, and they also have a really good number two center in Andrew Kopp. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so all of a sudden the Red Wings have a pretty good number two line to go behind Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. And then all of a sudden the defense, look, a lot of people are talking about the Ben Chirot contract. Fine. Like maybe joking about the overpay. Um, as we saw from Ben Chirot when he played with Shea Weber, you know, he's pretty good if you're just playing him as kind of a support guy for a number one defenseman. What do the Red Wings have? They have Mo Sider. Yes. That is going to give them a pretty stable number one defensive core. And they're putting Sharon in a position where he doesn't need to go out and be like the game-changing defenseman Montreal was trying to use him as. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think there, there's definitely some pieces there. Olimata was another underrated guy, a guy who really had a bounce-back season last year in for LA. So yeah, the Red Wings are doing some stuff. Yeah, they are. I didn't even write it down because I'm like, I know Nick has got this. <laughs> but I would so ag- well. I would agree with you. I think Detroit is making some really fun, fun moves. It'll it's gonna be really I'm gonna enjoy watching them except for when they play Nashville. But yes, I can't wait to see what comes out of Detroit this season. Yeah. All right. Who's who's your last one? Okay, look. I'm going to go ahead and just let everybody call me a homer and I'm okay with that. But from just a purely analytical standpoint, I think the Nashville Predators are going to be, I think they're better. Oh, we're going to fight, 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 fight. I do. Let me, let me put it this way. Mm. Well, actually, you know what? Sound off first. Go ahead and give, give your point first. Um, I think they, I think, and for me, maybe this is an over, you know, maybe I, I'm putting too many eggs in, in the McDonough basket. I feel really great about the Ryan McDonough get because defense was just such a thing last year. And I, I love that you just got experience. You got a cup winner. You've got somebody in the locker room that's been there before. So for me, that is a huge one. I think God love him. We love him. David Riddick stepping away, going to Winnipeg, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I don't quite get the whole Connor Ingram, Kevin Lankinen thing. We'll see how that one sorts out. But I do feel like, you know, either one of them, I think, gives us a little bit more. I think UC Saros is going to have a better year. I think signing Philip Forsberg is huge for momentum for the team. I do. I'm still like... So much of how, like a lot of how all in I am on how much better the Predators are still remains to be seen because we're still looking at that second line, like what you do in David Poyle. But if Phil Kessel will just be patient with us, just be patient, Phil, like keep your phone charged. If you see 615, pick it up. It's either David Poyle or me. Yeah. And either, either way, somebody you're going to want to talk to. Fact. So, you know, I do feel like the Nashville Predators are going to be better. I feel like, and and I, again, say this with love, I think they were smart to trade Luke Cunnan. I don't think he was an answer. So I feel like they're going to be a little bit better. 
Yeah. But now, now, Luke now. Cunning got. <laughs> Seriously, go Luke Cunning yeah. and Eric Goodbranson. Like they're out yeah. doing their thing. All right. Now explain your face because you had a face. I think, okay, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Ryan McDonough makes the Predators a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't put the Predators where they need to be. Yet. We're not done yet, though. They're Maybe. they're not done yet. It's going to depend on what happens with that second line. <laughs> Sweet uh, baby um, Jesus. Yeah, or <laughs> hell, in this case, maybe even the first line. Like, you know, they they need a top six winger. Yeah. Like, I need a Jack and Coke at the end of a work week. Yeah. Like, you are just not going to function as a team next year if you do not solve that. I mean, the Predators, when you look at the players last year, two 40-goal scorers, mm-hmm. Vezina-nominated goaltender and a Norris-nominated defenseman who almost had a 100-point season, that's ingredients for a team that should have been an absolute cup contender. And that middle of the lineup was so barren. It was that rough. goal was so glaring that nobody had the Predators as a cup contender. Right. So that needs to be fixed for the Predators to even have a shot at being a competitive um, or at least a, a playoff competitive team next year. Who could they bring in that would make you think that they are much closer to being a cup contender? I don't even think they need to swing for the fences. Like I yeah. think they like I think somebody like Nino Niederreiter would be perfect for that yes. second line. And then maybe you also still have some cap flexibility to go out and make another move. You know, maybe mm-hmm. a trade, like a one for one somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's something like Phil Kessel would also be perfect um, because you have oh, enough well. people to kind of offset him. Like, yeah, we did this whole thing yesterday about wanting to go out and trade for big fish. If the Preds do that, then absolutely they're cup mm-hmm. contenders. But really, you just need to upgrade Luke Cunning, which wasn't that hard to do. Yeah. So there's moves out there. Yeah, I do. I, I still, I really, I do feel like, I feel like already the team is better than it was last season. But look at, look at the area of opportunity. We're here for you, Phil Kessel. Yeah. Um, so let us know what you think. Go around the league. <laughs> let us know the teams you thought got better and which teams you thought got worse. And let us know your take on the Predators offseason. Yeah. Uh, or if they still need a few weeks before you make an d- opinion on that. Uh, until though, though, until then, though, there's a lot of TH words in there. Yeah. And where can the people find your work online? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment helps us get this content out to more Preds fans like yourself. That's going to do it for us today on Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Preds talk.